Welcome back to Tailboard Meetings with Jesus. Today we'll continue our study. We're going to talk about the Christmas story and the Christmas prophecy. So when did the Christmas story begin? When did it actually start? That's our question for today. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here, once we come to the point in our life where we believe in God, it is only logical that we would want to learn as much as possible about God and how to please Him. In that, the Bible is the place where we go to to learn about God, about life, and about how to have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible should be viewed as a collection of books that were written over a period approximately 1,500 years by some 40 different authors. No other book ever written has stood the test of time like the Bible has. The Bible can be seen in the findings of the Dead Sea Scroll, the early process of copying the Bible, and lack of human errors found in those copies, the archaeological and scientific accuracy, and the care in which theologians have handled the Word of God throughout the ages, the Bible we know of today is complete, clear, and without error. It's authoritative, and it's God-breathed. Our God is an all-powerful, He's an omnipotent, ever-present, omnipresent, and all-knowing, omnipotent God. Adam and Eve's sin did not catch God off guard. He was not sitting on his throne watching the world's events and saying to himself, I did not see that one coming. Ever since the original sin of Adam and Eve, God has been teaching us about redemption. Through the prophets, God gave us clues about a coming Messiah who would pay the penalty for our sins and redeem his people. Through Old Testament prophecies, we can rest assured that Jesus is in fact the Messiah that the Jews were looking for and that we can have a person-to-personal relationship with him. Prophecies give real lasting meaning to the Christmas story, validating the events that we see and read in the Gospels. So the Christmas Bible prophecy, we see in Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7, it says this, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God is a covenant God. And he's a covenant fulfilling or he's a promise fulfilling God who is victorious in everything that he does. Notice how God, the Son, will come as fully God and fully human. He will come in human flesh as a baby. We can enter into a non-contributory salvation merely because of the king's birth, perfect life, death, burial, and resurrection. The emphasis of this passage is not the unto us, but rather a son is given. The king is perfect in all his ways. His names bear witness to his character of who he is. Qualifications for ruling are he's wonderful counselor. He's a person and power. He's mighty God. His relationship to his people, everlasting father, and the society his rule creates, prince of peace. His government will last forever and will be characterized by the peace The king will come through the line of David. Matthew clearly articulates this prophecy fulfilled in the book of Matthew. Isaiah 7 and 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Just that word, Emmanuel, God with us. Signs and wonders have been used by God all through the Bible to authenticate and show the realness of prophecy. Signs and wonders were also used to authenticate the new covenant of the New Testament. These special events which could not be duplicated by man are God's proof in the matter. Here we see a sign that was given. A virgin would conceive. This could only come about by God. Mary would be used so the Savior could say, could said to have come through the line of David, and the Holy Spirit was used so that Jesus would not have been conceived in sin. Micah 5.2 But you, Bethlehem, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet are you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old and from everlasting. This prophecy starts with a but, signaling we are in the middle of a thought. Verse 1 begins with the present day distress Israel was going through, and verse 2 details the coming triumph of the coming Messiah. Earthly kings failed, but God's plan of sending his son will not. From the very beginning, God has told us the king will come. Isaiah 11 and 1, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. 
Isaiah carefully navigates us to the importance of the family tree of the King of David and the significance it places in the coming Messiah. Isaiah understands that eventually the kingdom and monarchy of David will disappear, but new growth or a shot shall come from the branch. The golden kingdom of David foreshadows the true gold that's yet to come in the coming Messiah. Matthew, once again, carefully navigates the lineage of Jesus through Joseph, which does directly through David. The book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron and Hezron begot Ram and Ram begot Amadabad and Amadabad begot Nation and Nation begot Solomon and Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah. Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Jeram. Jeram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz. Ahaz. Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Manasseh. Manasseh begot Ammon. Ammon begot Josiah, Josiah begot Jeconah and his brothers about the same time they were carried away into Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconah begot Sheltal, and Sheltal begot Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel begot Abedid, Abedid begot Elkam, Elkam begot Azar, Azar, Zadak, Zadak, Achim, Achim begot Elid, Elid begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Mathan, and Mathan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all generations from Abraham to David are 14, and from David until the captivity of Babylon are 14, and from the captivity until Christ are 14 generations. So we see Matthew lays out the exact lineage of the Messiah and coming from the house of David. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to, to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. The entire prophecy of Jeremiah 23, 5 and 8, we will just be looking at the first two verses. Hoping for the future is contained in the Masonic prophecy. Those who studied this prophecy knew that a time was coming. Behold, the days are coming. They just did not know when they would happen. The Lord, our righteousness, literally means the one who secures our vindication. Jeremiah 31, 15, Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah. Lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. 
We have an interesting prophecy here. We can easily make a connection between what Jeremiah was proclaiming and the killing of the male children by Herod in the Christmas story. Mine was a settlement uh, around Gibeon, and it was where the captain of the guard gathered the exiles after Jerusalem fell. Rachel's grave was only five miles north of Jerusalem. Rachel was the younger daughter of Laban and the favorite wife of Jacob. Her ghost is depicted here by Jeremiah as mourning all her descendants that were carried away in Babylon in 722 B.C. So how do we apply this for our lives as first responders? How do we apply God is in control? By reading prophecy that was written thousands of years before the birth of Christ and being able to connect Jesus of Nazareth with those prophecies, our faith should become so much deeper. God cares for you and has provided a way to have your sins forgiven and know for sure that you will go to heaven. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is with us through the power of his Holy Spirit. He's with you. He's there. Whatever you're in need of, As we celebrate Christmas and the presents and the gifts, we remember the greatest gift that we all received, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ. And through the Bible prophecy, we see that God is in control and that He spelled out and made a way when there wasn't a way. When you think there isn't a way, God can make a way. He's there. He's there. Whatever you're in need of, He's there. God's in control. He's on the throne. Know that. And then this Christmas season, find peace and rest and knowing that God is in control of whatever it is you're going through.